What's up everyone? In this video, we're going to be talking about what Wall Street's top investors are doing with their cash right now. We're going to be following Michael Burry, Warren Buffett, Ray Dalio, and we're also going to give a couple other key examples and hopefully this can give you a nice idea of what like arguably some of the best investors on Wall Street are doing right now. This video is pretty interesting. Stick with us to the end, but Hunter, let's get right into it. Yeah, so I think everybody knows who uh, Michael Berry is, and if of you course. don't, then you should watch The Big Short. But basically, he predicted the 2008 financial crisis, made billions of dollars. He's going crazy on Twitter, not not in a bad way, in a good way. He's going on tangents about the uh, U.S. stock market and the economy, and he's basically doing the complete opposite of... <laughs> Not the complete opposite, but he's going a different route than Buffett and Dalio for sure. And he only holds um, Geo, a private prison stock. Um, he basically thinks the market is going to fall probably another 50%, which he's and he's holding all his cash for that. And that's kind of how he tends to invest is a lot of times he'll hold cash and he'll make up all of those years of not being invested in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I do want to say this, though. You know, there are very, very big differences between an investor like Michael Burry and an investor like Warren Buffett. They both mm -hmm. have done very well in the past, but it is critical to understand that these investors are pretty much completely different. You know, with Michael Burry, most of the time, you're not going to get the same type of returns as the market. You know, you might, you know, like, like, like in certain situations, the market could be booming up and Michael Burry style setups can be doing very badly, but all it takes is that one big event, that one big catalyst that completely just changes everything. So it's like they can both make money, both styles, but they're very, very different at the end of the day. Yeah, the way they deploy their capital is probably different in the way that, you know, they, Michael Burry's usually mostly not invested, I would say, um, whereas Buffett tends to have the vast majority of his portfolio invested. However, they are both value investors, and I think it's just like two different approaches to value investing, where Burry's like, if it's not, if it's not a value, I am not going near it. And Buffett has so much money that it's like, if it's decent, then I have to because he has to deploy so much more capital. Right. That's true. So while we're on the topic of these top Wall Street investors, it's very important to realize that they are not playing the same game as retail traders <laughs> by any means. You know, retail traders, in the words of Warren Buffett himself, say that when you do not have a lot of money, you're actually privileged because you actually have the ability to invest into these smaller market cap and illiquid companies. I know that sounds kind of bold and whack that you're you know, privileged to not have the responsibility of managing hundreds of billions of dollars, but you have to understand like when you're in Warren Buffett's shoes and you have to deploy $150 billion, you can't be out here buying you can't be taking positions in a company that's worth 900 million dollars like it's just it, it doesn't work that way so like these top wall street guys are playing a completely different game than all of us and they're in some ways 
forced to make moves that they would not if they were investing a lot less money. Yeah, it also... We have access probably to, what, like 6,000, 10,000 companies to pick from. Mm -hmm. They have significantly less because they can't go for micro. They probably can't even do most mid-caps because of how much money they have. Like Warren Buffett bought... When he buys a company, he buys like 14.5% of it. Mm -hmm. And for some of those... For some of the companies, like in the micro caps, probably have the most like value plays right now. But when they're under a billion dollars, that makes nothing in his portfolio. Like he right. could take, he could buy, he could just buy the entire company. And at that point, what's the point? You know, it's like yeah. that he just owns the company instead. Yeah. So it greatly reduces the amount of companies they get to pick from. So when they see a good deal instead of a great deal. Um, he's going to have to shoot for it. Um, whereas Burry is more, in my opinion, more along the lines of it has to be like a great or a fantastic deal. Right. Um, so. Gotcha. So let's talk a little bit more about what these guys are doing. So we talked about Michael Burry a little bit. He sold everything except for GEO, but even he, he doesn't even have like a gigantic position in GEO. He's yeah, mainly, tiny. yeah, he's, he's basically just sitting on the sidelines with cash. Why do you think that is in... What are your thoughts? Well, I think that most, especially Warren Buffett and Dalio and all them, I think basically there's a consensus among the best investors in the world that the market is significantly overvalued. There aren't that many great deals um, or good deals even. Even though many stocks have fallen like 50% over the past year, I mean, the market is trading at crazy valuations still like i'm pretty sure warren buffett's favorite indicator the market to gdp is still twice what its average is um so and so obviously he's holding more cash than he normally does but he's also been deploying it when he sees opportunity because he has to like he doesn't care about the economy in the sense that He's not going to try to time the bottom of an economic cycle to invest all of his money. He has so much money, he has so many shareholders that he has to deploy it. So that's kind of where he is at. So um, he basically took some pretty big positions in HPQ and he bought more Apple, I believe, earlier in the year. $50 billion he spent in the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And Michael Burry spent more money on shorts um, <laughs> than he did. Mm -hmm on long positions so he's they're probably all expecting the market to go down significantly uh however they're just taking two different approaches because they're in two different situations right so basically Burry's all cash he thinks the market's going to take down a lot more warren buffett has a decent amount of cash but he's still buying stocks but you know he he has to because you know he has to deploy that capital somewhere and that's what we're seeing with a lot of uh, top uh, hedge fund managers right now. Um, you know, we're seeing a decent mix of some dip buying, you know, with Warren Buffett scooping up a couple different companies, um, HBQ, Citigroup, Activision, stuff like that. But still, it's like we're not seeing like the insane levels of uh, dip buying that you might think we are, which is interesting. Um, you know, obviously as time goes by, we'll have more information. And another important thing is like, we don't get these hedge funds in like 
top investor updates for like weeks until the trades are made. So, you know, we might, you know, get a new update in, you know, a month or two and then it'll be a completely different story. Yeah. And the Activision play for Buffett is like an arbitrage play on mm-hmm. Microsoft buying them out. Yeah. Um, I think he said like, it's either going to hit or it's going to be pretty bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's Dalio is the head of Bridgewater. It's the biggest hedge fund. And he's only 10% invested in U.S. equities. And he said cash is trash and U.S. equities are trash here. Um, and that's kind of, I kind of agree. Like, what he's saying basically is, yeah, inflation's eating 8%, but the how overvalued the market is and how bad the economy is right now losing 8% in cash is better than losing 40% in a stock um which is obvious but (laughs) but it's also like you have to be right that it's gonna fall 40% instead of going up because you know market does irrational things all the time right and I always bring up that Disney example from COVID when they had all their um park shut down and they were twice or over twice as high as they've ever been ever and then they opened up their parks and now they're lower than they were in covid so it's Mm -hmm. like it's just stupid stuff happens um but when you have that much money you have to be intelligent and i think the main thing is that if you at least from buffett and dalio's perspective it's if you can buy um good companies at good valuations it doesn't really matter what the economy is going to do over the long run you're going to do fine and that is basically just true (laughs) like if you buy good companies at good valuations you're going to do well over the long run as long as you can sit through like the turmoil of an economic downturn like you have to be able to like gut that out instead of just selling it out taking your loss and then you're going to get in at the wrong time so if you can just stick to your guns then you're going to be fine and i think burry is more along the lines of i'm gonna nail this one again (laughs) and he might like he very well could like i wouldn't doubt it so i think the biggest takeaway for all retail traders and basically everyone except for these top wall street guys in my opinion is that it's important to do have a mix of, of different assets, right? I am someone who thinks stocks are at a decent level, and at the same time, does this mean it's the bottom? Absolutely not. It's possible for the, the market to fall by another 50% or even more. No one knows with 100% certainty. But as Warren Buffett said, he said um, if he was running like a $1 million or $10 million portfolio, he said that he would be able to guarantee 50% returns per year. And when he said this, he's basically saying that, you know, when you have a smaller amount of capital, you you don't have to deploy so many billions of dollars to where it eliminates a lot of the good opportunities. So in my opinion, there's an opportunity with that. For example, if we know that these gigantic Wall Street firms, for the most part, are not really trading these you know, relatively low market cap companies, in my opinion, there's opportunity there to buy and hold for the long term. Now, when I say this, I want to give an extreme word of caution not to just sling and buy any random penny stock. Like the company itself has to be a good company that has a good chance of growing. And more importantly than anything else, 
is actually trading at a good valuation. So I think it's I think there's opportunity with you know some of these you know lower market cap stocks. And when I say that, I'm talking about like like a billion dollars plus or something like that. Like maybe 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 just under a billion to like maybe a market cap of a couple billion in my opinion. Um, another thing is you know it definitely does not hurt to have cash on the sidelines. I know inflation's been very high. Hopefully it starts to calm down soon. But let's say inflation's at let's say five percent. You know if you think there's a really good chance that stock prices will drop by more than 5%, then it would make sense to hold some cash on the sidelines for multiple reasons. On top of that, as we saw over the past couple years, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to own some sort of commodities or other assets. You know, gold and silver haven't been booming like a lot of people thought they would, but other assets like natural gas and oil and stuff like that have done pretty well over the past couple years. So it doesn't hurt to have a, a little bit of uh, diversification too. Yeah, and um, another thing that didn't turn out to be a hedge against inflation, Mike, do you know what it would be? Can't be crypto. It's going to the moon. Ah, it's got to be. <laughs> NFTs? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so another thing is to just be, like, at least think it through. Um, because the amount of people who swore that crypto was going to be a hedge against inflation with with literally no reason... Um, it's not clearly otherwise it wouldn't have dropped 80 percent or whatever it fell so there are ways to hedge inflation i think even the housing market's falling though too so it's like everything's pretty much falling <laughs> what, I, um, what i you know actually what i think is a pretty good hedge against inflation right now and it's not a perfect hedge but it's pretty good in my opinion are just like short-term treasury bills like now they're paying like two point six two point five percent for a four-week t-bill and, and if that rate is annualized by the way but it's like it's basically cash the risk is lower than basically anything else out there and it's like 2.5 percent isn't bad of course it's not great but you know it's not terrible yeah that's true it's how how would how are they gonna if you have robin hood you can't do that yeah it, you so actually, you, you have to do it through the gov, right? Yeah, Treasury Direct. Yeah. So you go to the website Treasury Direct. You make an account there, and then you can just buy four week T bills, and then mm -hmm. you you just I think the minimum is like a hundred dollars. So like you know if you have cash on oh. the sidelines, like you just give it to the government for four weeks, and they give you a two and a half percent return annualized. But like it, it's cash that generates cash flow. You know, it's not an insane yeah. amount of money, but it's like hey, it's not bad. It's kind of like I bonds. If you thought that mm -hmm. inflation was, I mean, I, I think you have to hold it for nine months, and then if you take it out, then you, like, after nine months, you forgo the next four, or three gotcha. months, or something of like uh, the payout. Yeah, that's the penalty. Um, but also, like, the rates change um, based on inflation. Yeah. So I think that you would make that bet if you assumed inflation was going to stay relatively high for the next year or so mm -hmm. um so there are definitely ways and dalio has a bunch of land and stuff right yeah yeah he's been buying yeah. land real estate and commodities from what i heard yeah obviously most people probably can't just go out buying land willy-nilly right. but right that's one thing that it's one of those things where there's a finite amount and there's just going to be less and less as more and more people so you know that's kind of the logic behind it and if you can think about 
basically think about the same way with stocks like if you can buy a company at a good valuation that's buying back their shares you're gonna have more and more of the company as they buy back shares whereas Dalio is gonna have more and more of the land available as Mm -hmm. more and more people are born so basically the same concepts apply throughout basically any type of investing um not any type of investing but like if you're investing in stocks real estate like there are some core concepts that go on um that you just have to be aware of basically and you know it's not super complex but if you can stick to the main um simple things like that then you'll probably do pretty well yeah cool cool well do you have any uh final thoughts before we close out um no i would just like reiterate that even though you know warren buffett said that about like the micro cap stocks and stuff like that it doesn't it doesn't just mean go buy penny stocks because and hope for a squeeze that's not what he's saying and also i would say if for him to make a statement like that where he could guarantee 50 percent, he must see companies out there that are yeah. like, that have <laughs> opportunities like he's not just saying that willie he probably has his eye on somebody he's like man i wish i could right so you know that's kind of exciting because there's definitely i know there are a bunch of a bunch there aren't that many there <laughs> there's some like decently large investors that really do focus on those smaller um micro cap companies because they have more value plays than the large caps do now because the large caps are under like they're under the microscope all the time like everybody's mm-hmm. looking at them so they don't go under the radar as often yeah sure that well, hopefully you guys learned something from this video following uh, the ways that some of these top Wall Street guys manage their money is uh, pretty important to learn. You know, don't just copy everything they do because keep in mind they're playing a different game than us. But it's still important to know. Um, if you guys like the style of video, make sure to subscribe down below. We post these style videos every single Saturday and we have other content throughout the week. But like I said, if you liked it, make sure to subscribe. You'll see our videos more often. Uh, if you're not in the Stocked Up Discord chat, check out that first link in the description and the comments down below. It is completely free, and you can network and trade with a bunch of other great people and traders. Besides that, thank you guys so much for watching, and have a great weekend.